to you by the Parthenon Podcast Group. Welcome to episode 305 of the Signals from Mars podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we have Tommy Kane of the Australian hard rock band, Dead City Ruins. The band has just recently released the album Shockwaves, and we're going to talk about that, switch to a new lead singer, and a bunch of other things up next. I'm ready. Let's do it! Thirteen years into podcasting, I like to pride myself with being able to say, hey, I only interview the bands that I'm interested in. Well, that's probably 95% true. I search out bands that I really dig what they're into because I do a new releases uh, post on my Patreon. I do listen to a fair bit amount of music and I post videos all the time. And I started posting videos for tracks off of this Dead City Ruins album a few months back, and they instantly caught my attention. So when the album came out, I reached out to their publicist, Dustin, thanks for the hookup, and I wanted to, you know, get the 411 on the band. Am I showing my age by saying that? But uh, anyway, I really like the, the way that this album Shockwave sounds. To me, it's you know, it's got a throwback feel to it. And at the same time, it sounds modern and fresh. And it's a mix of a bunch of different things. Because when you think that you figured it out, they throw a few curveballs at you. Uh, there's also another interesting situation within the band. You know, we've all seen these YouTube celebrity musicians. Uh, their new lead singer, Steve Welsh, is someone who's known for covering songs in the style of XYZ, not the band XYZ, but, you know, different famous singers. And, you know, that's got to be a challenge because, you know, there's, it's, uh, well, I remember when American Idol first came out, Howard Stern talked about this and he mentioned, it's easy to copy someone's style it's harder to come up with your own style. And it may not have been him. It may have been someone else on his show, but you get the idea. So one of the things when I found out about who the singer was, so on and so forth, it needed to be one of my questions. So it's in there. We also talk about, you know, the band touring, uh, what it's like, you know, being in Australia as opposed to being in Europe or the U.S. or stuff like that and, and how that all plays into the band. So um, I think it's an interesting chat with Tommy, Tommy Kane, the guitarist of the band. And I hope that you guys do enjoy it. And that's pretty much it. I'm going to shut up now and just let the interview play out. Let's do it.
One of the things that jumped out at me right away was that you guys had a had a quote by Dave Snake Sabo on the site because when I started talking the band up to people with regards to Shockwave and started posting your videos on my Patreon, I was saying, well, they kind of remind me of Skid Row, but at the same time, you have a song like The Saucer, which kind of throws a wrench in that, <laughs> you know, yeah. more of like a stoner rock type thing. When you guys write, is there a conscious effort to write a certain way or just whatever comes out, comes out? Yeah, whatever comes out, comes out. So that's why there's a big uh, difference in between songs and that sort of stuff is because Sean and I will predominantly write the riffs and that sort of stuff. And we've got a different angle of attacking the way we do things. So yeah, you you can have a song like Sorcerer come up and then totally throw a wrench at it because uh, that was a, a Sean's ideas and riffs that were heavily dominant and then there'll be other songs where someone else will take the lead in the in the riff writing so yeah cool okay and shockwave correct me if i'm wrong is album number four by the band that's right yeah was there anything specific that you wanted to do on this album that you hadn't done with the previous albums every band wants to improve right on their previous albums so we wanted to definitely have a more polished sound because we had the new sing, we had Steve O as a new singer, and that had definitely, yeah, that was always going to be the this the whole sound change, regardless. So, yeah. And I was going to bring that up the the change to uh, Steve Welsh, who's best known for previous to the band, is doing covers on YouTube. Who approached who to uh, join the band? Well, we we found out about um, Steve O's work on YouTube through a friend of ours. And so we reached, we reached out to Steve-O first. So Sean and myself reached out to him and then we just got a meeting lined up and we said, you know, you want to meet us? And, you know, we'll just meet at a pub or something and have a have a chat and that that's how it worked out. So we reached out to him and he, he agreed to meet up with us and have a chat about it. And what was the most appealing thing about him with regards to bringing him into the band. I'm assuming, obviously, you know, the the diversity of what he can do with his voice, but also with meeting up with him, did you want to make sure that, hey, you know, if we go out on the road, this guy has to fit, you know, we don't want to be kicking him out of the van, you know? Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we saw that the advantage was he lived in the same city as us. So he lived in Melbourne and, you know, we saw his work and we're like, geez, that's like a, a godsend, you know, if it works out. So, yeah, we had to sort of try and, you know, fit to like, because, you know, Steve's a really nice guy, right? So, but yeah, we've also got to fit uh, what he wanted to do on the road as well. So it's got to work two ways because we all need each other. And, and um, so whether that, you know, us sort of pulling back on the parting or, or whatever we had to do, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you're still out there on the road running a business and everyone's got to work together, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you first found out about that, you know, he was in Melbourne and everything else, did you start to think, wow, you know, we could have him sing this type of a song. We could do this other thing that maybe we haven't done before because we've got a vocalist now who can do all these different styles. Well, yeah, I mean, the first thing we sort of said to him and tried to get him to gauge was, you got to sound like you. So you, whatever that is, and we know there's a lot of pressure on for sort of because you can cover almost anything, but who is Steve Walsh? What does he sound like? This is your yeah. blank canvas to sort of really go in whatever direction you want to go in. And, um, you know, we we didn't expect 
we just expected anything, you know. We were like, he could just totally be like, you know, I really want to sound like Lane Staley or I really want to sound like Ronnie James. Yeah, but no, he, he did his own thing. So, and it is, he's got his own sound, you know, and he's right. So it's really, it's really good to see that he he really made an effort to go out there and find out who he sounded like, you know? And that's interesting because I remember hearing a a very prominent figure on the radio years ago, say when all of these idol type shows started coming up, he said, you know, as impressive as it is to sound like somebody else, it's harder to find your own voice than it is to sound like somebody else. So that was one of the things that I was going to ask was, was it hard to kind of get him to do his thing in the studio as opposed to, again, as you said, try to be Dio, try to be Lane Staley or stuff like that. That's right. Yeah, he worked it out himself, man. Like, we uh, we just said, look, here are some tracks, here are some riffs, here's some bass, here's some drums, here's the idea for the song. You just run it and run it and run it until you find out how you want to sing it and then give it back to us and we'll, if we've got any input, we'll give it to you. But if we're saying nothing, you're on the right direction, you know? As far as... You know, I, I talked about incorporating uh, Steve into the band. What about from you as a guitarist? Did you want to approach this album differently from a, from a playing standpoint? Maybe try different gear in the studio? Or was there anything that, you know, you set out to do personally? Yeah, well, there were some songs and some riffs that had been floating around that our old singer couldn't run with on previous albums. So we wanted to throw that back at Steve-O. And there were songs and ideas that we really liked as a band. So, yeah, we wanted to get give them another run, really push it um, and see what Steve-O could come up with. So that was one thing that I would say that had, hadn't changed. Another thing that we wanted to do was work with Gene Freeman Machine, which we'd been in contact since 2015 with. So, so we wanted to do, keep all that. And yeah, as far as like the way that, we write and, you know, we just wanted to work harder. So with Steve-O, you know, new blood in the band, it means get another leg up, you know, you get more wind and and you want to start working harder and taking it a little bit more professional. That was the difference, I would say, from the previous albums or okay. we, we, just, we just strived to perfect whatever we were trying to do a bit right. harder. Okay, that makes sense. And what do you feel that Machine brings to the table that other producers haven't brought to the table in the past? Yeah, Machine is, you know, that that name says it all. Like, you know, he's, he's the hardest working producer we'd ever worked with, that's for sure. Okay. Like, he's the guy that he's up at 8 in the morning, he wants to be in the studio by 9, and he won't leave till 11 at night. He would never say, can we take a day off? He was mm-hmm. seven, like, even pre-production, man, he was 12 to... 14 hour days, seven days a week. And he would be constantly pushing us, constantly throwing around ideas, constantly trying to look for any inch that he could take a bit further, you know, like or if something could be improved, he was just continually looking for it. So that's what I would say about him to other producers that we've worked before where maybe we weren't, that maybe they're trying to discover what we sounded like or whatever. I think maybe it was maybe a little bit more easy for Machine because there was more, there was more tracks and stuff that we'd recorded previously. So he could maybe right. understand the band a bit better. So yeah, 
sort of like that, you know. He, he's a very hands-on guy, and that was what we liked. And you recorded with him? He was there in Australia with you guys, or was that long distance? Uh, no, that was he was in Australia with us. What do you think is the biggest advantage of being a band from Australia, and what do you think is the biggest disadvantage of being a band from Australia? Okay, so I'll start with it. The disadvantage is definitely flights. So, you know, they're expensive, right. they're long, and... <laughs> Yeah, you got to cut all your gear and your home base isn't like if we get a long tour in Ger- like uh, Germany or Europe or whatever's happening. Right. Yeah, we got we got to cut it all over and figure all that out. <laughs> so, but the advantage is that people are pretty ex- you know, usually pretty excited to see a band from Australia coming from another country, you know. So, it has its perks, but I would say that it's you know, sort of a diff we just uh We've got a bit of a different personality and that sort of stuff to what most people <laughs> usually see. Well, the other thing too, I, I remember speaking to the guys from Airborne years ago, and the first thing that they instantly got was comparisons to ACDC, for example. For you guys, you guys, I mean, obviously a hard rock band, you don't sound like Airborne or ACDC, although, you know, within the same realm of music per se. Do you get, oh, you guys are an Australian band. You sound like ACDC just because you're from Australia or people that... Yeah, that that does happen. People always say that, you know. Um, people are always going to relate rock and roll to it. And, and it's an Australian band is ACDC. So, I mean, right. it's a good thing, I think. I mean, and there's definitely... I think there's always going to be an element of ACDC in a true Australian rock and roll band. Well, I think you could possibly say that for bands from almost anywhere in the world, but more so, so yeah, from totally. Australia, you yeah. know? How does your recording gear change from your... Or how does it vary from your touring gear? Well, when we record, we... We try and stick to the basics, you know, which is Marshalls, like as a guitarist, Marshalls and Les Pauls, right? But then we might bring in six Marshalls and then test them all. So to have bring in different amps like an Orange or a Soldano or a Mesa Boogie or something like that just to make sure it's there in case we need it. But then our live gear is always Marshalls. So The second interview I've done today where six Marshalls were brought into the studio to record an album. So, oh, uh, wow. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's the going thing. There you go. Secret. What's the one place that you guys haven't played that you'd love to play? Oh, um, where haven't we? I mean, hey, you know, we haven't done the States yet. We haven't done the United States, and we'd love to go over and do that. That would be incredible. What does touring look like behind Shockwave? Do you guys have something planned out for, for touring behind the album? Yeah, we're, we're coming over to uh germany in um march we're gonna do some uh radio stuff which i can't really say yet and the guys are working on a a tour around that um which hasn't all been confirmed yet but you know it's all um it's in the in the working progress as we speak. And uh, if you had the possibility of opening up for any band on a tour, what band would that be? I'd have to say Metallica would be. That'd be the feather in the cap. We did Kiss not long ago, so that was a feather in the cap. But I think uh, Metallica. Where would you like people to go to sh- uh, to pick up Shockwave to ensure that you guys get the most amount of money out of the sale? So that would be from our record label's website for anyone in Europe, okay. which would be uh, it's AFM. So it's AFM.com. So that that's the best way to just get it 
sent straight to you. They've got plenty of stock and it takes the headache out of me trying to remember which record shops they are. <laughs> right. You guys do have some cool vinyls I saw, some clear vinyls, some red vinyl. How much do you guys get involved in that whole process? Oh, that's us. You know, we'd have work out what cut, like, you know, what two colors we're going to do, like a limited release run and then the the original and the normal one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we have control over that. We decide the colors and all that sort of stuff, artwork, and yeah. That's awesome. So with the artwork, you guys actually worked with what, the label or an artist that you guys brought in to to get the uh, artwork down? Yeah, that's right. We were in contact contact with the um, – he was brought to our attention by our manager, the guy that does Ramstein's artwork. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he helped us – you know, he helped us work all that, and yeah, he designed all that stuff. Yeah, the cover's really cool. If you really look at it, I think every time you you check it out, you see something different. You know, the jacks is like the fangs, or even going, you know, through the eyes or anything like that. It's it's really cool. Yeah, we we worked on it for a while, and then we sort of bit the bullet in the final stages. Yeah. Where should people go to keep up with the band? Any anywhere on social media, in our Facebook or Instagram page. That's the best way to sort of keep up to date on our day-to-day stuff. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfrommars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 